Yo, listen, listen. Yo, acclaimed. They're totally lame. All their songs sound the same. They sound like Kurt Cobain after he's uh, used cocaine. <laughs> oh my gosh, what is up? Welcome to the Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina, and I am running solo today because I'm going to do a special GCW weekend show review. That's right, GCW had two shows over the weekend. On Saturday was Coldest Winter 2, and on Sunday, oh, I guess... Saturday, the coldest winter two live from Los Angeles, California, and Sunday uh, with GCW Feel No Ways live in their debut in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, motherfuckers. All right, hell yeah! All right, here we go. GCW, the coldest winter two live from Los Angeles, California, Saturday, February third, twenty twenty four. Hell yeah, you guys. All right, so the first thing that happens is Matt Cardona's music hits. Always ready. Matt Cardona comes out. And, of course, as always, uh, by his side is Steph Delander. So him, SDL, they come out to the ring. Uh, Matt Cardona immediately grabs the microphone and starts cutting a promo. Oh, before I get to the promo, uh, I just wanted to compliment Matt's mask. So he's wearing a mask that looks a lot like his... Uh, his logo, like the little skull uh, with the with the bandana and the sunglasses. It looks really cool. So big props to Matt Cardona for that one. Uh, so Matt grabs the mic and he says, Tonight, you're not going to see Dolph Ziggler versus Zack Ryder. Tonight, you're going to see the indie god, Matt Cardona, versus the wanted man, Nick Nemeth. This is a match... That should have happened at WrestleMania, not GCW. And he kind of runs down the the fans and, and the and the company. Of course, right? Of course. Uh, so Nick Nemeth comes out. I don't know what his music is. Nick Nemeth comes out, and he's the most. He's the wanted man. Uh, I feel like it would make more sense if he was the most wanted man. I feel like the wanted man uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. But hey, what what the fuck do I know, right? Uh, so anyway, so Nick Nemeth comes out. Uh, he is greeted by his dad, Don Nemeth, who's in the front row. Woo, Nick and his dad, Nick and his dad, Nick and his dad. And so then, uh, I don't know, Nick gets in the ring. And Matt Cardona, so this place, by the way, it goes completely unglued for Nick Nemeth. This place goes completely wild for him. They're super excited to see him. You know, it's one of his first, maybe what, top five or five recent appearances since WWE. I don't know, but it's really cool to see him uh, like, like, you know, we've seen Matt Cardona in GCW for a while. Right. And then it's cool to see Nick Nemeth, but then the combination of Nick Nemeth and Matt Cardona in a GCW ring is just pretty fucking cool. So I'm excited about that. You guys, I was excited about that. So that's fun. That's hella fun. Matt Cardona starts off again with a promo and he says, I'm not going to let a part-timer steal my spot. What? Do you think you're the rock? And that was pretty, pretty epic. Uh, they had a little bit of a rock Cody vibe here. They were trying to like play off the news and the, the excitement and stuff online. Cause everybody was kind of going crazy online. And, and so they were kind of trying, trying to play off of that momentum a little bit. Uh, during the match, we actually saw uh, Cardona do a broski elbow, which is a lot like a people's elbow, except 
it's Matt Cardona. And also we saw uh, Dolph Ziggler. We saw Nick Nemeth hitting, uh, what did he hit? Crossroads at some point on Matt Cardona. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, so Matt Cardona tells, tells Nick Nemeth, Nick, we don't have to fight. We don't have to do this. We don't have to have a match. I'll tell you what. Lay down for me right now. I'll pin you one, two, three, and we'll get out of here. We'll have a good time. We'll go. We'll go have a night on the town. You know, here in L.A., whatever, right? And the cool thing is, is I'm sure Nick Nemeth lives in L.A., so it's just like pretty convenient for him to go to this show. Like when Ronda Rousey went to uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Revolver in um, in L.A. because she lived there too. All right. So, anyways, and then also she went to AEW or Ring of Honor when they were in L.A. But anyway, my point is here. Uh, so he's telling him to lay down. Uh, Nick Nemeth looks to the crowd like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. No. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I kind of want to do it. And they're like, no, don't do it. And so he drops to one knee and the crowd's just like, no. And then, you know, Matt Cardona's like, yes, yes, yes. And he's like, no. And so then uh, Nick Nemeth ends up just laying on his back, laying on his back, right? Um, and so Nick, Matt Cardona turns around to the audience and he's like, see, I told you, I told you that he fears me. I told you that Nick Nemeth fears Matt Cardona. And then Nick Nemeth popped up behind him and he set him up for a super kick. Uh, Matt Cardona turns around, bam, super kick, Nick Nemeth. Uh, so this kicks off the match. And these guys, these guys had a really good match. I mean, you would expect them to, Right. Especially the excitement of having a Nick Nemeth match outside of WWE. It's super cool. Um, so anyways, what happens is, uh, let's see, Cardona. So during the match, uh, Cardona throws pre-workout in Nick Nemeth's face, uh, which is funny because like the old school thing of throwing salt, right? And Matt Cardona has his own pre-workout line, I think. I think. I'm not quite sure. And so for him to promote that by using it as the salt and throwing it in people's faces, it's hilarious. Um, and so, yeah, so he does that. So he throws pre-workout in Nick's face. Um, Steph DeLander uh, spears Nick through a table in the, that was set up in the corner. Matt Cardona grabs his internet championship belt and he's setting up Nick to hit him with it, right? He's getting ready to hit him with it. And just then, Ryan Nemeth comes out of nowhere. He hits a cutter on Matt Cardona. Steph DeLander boots Ryan out of the ring and Nick Nemeth super kicks Steph DeLander, and then he turns around. Matt Cardona hits radial silence. One, two, kick out. Uh, Steph DeLander uh, goes down uh, to the audience where, where her, the dad is, Don Nemeth, and she rips the beer bottle from his hand. She just rips it out. She yelled at him. She ripped the beer bottle from his hand. She gets back in the ring where Matt Cardona is holding Nick Nemeth. And Steph DeLander winds up the beer bottle. And she swings. And she hits Matt Cardona right in the head. Because Nick Nemeth moved out of the way. Uh, the beer bottle breaks. You can see a glass shatter and shit. Matt Cardona goes down. Nick Nemeth. Uh, uh, what does he do? He hits the uh, danger zone on... Uh, he hits a danger zone on Nick Nemeth, I mean on Matt Cardona, which is basically the zigzag, and he hits the he hits the one two three, and the entire place is just on their feet. Everybody's up. It's crazy. I mean the GCW audience is crazy. They're wild. They're rabid. They're fun. They're insane. Uh, but this is just craziness, and they just loved him, and they just couldn't get enough of Mr. Nick Nemeth. So so Nick Nemeth, if you are going to remain uh, in Game Changer Wrestling, 
welcome. If this was just a one-off and, and you're off to the next thing, then thank you. Um, it was cool, though. It was cool to see to see Nick Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler, the wanted man. Uh, I don't like that name, though, the wanted man. I feel like it's so generic, like wanted. Like every man is wanted, right, uh, for something at some point, you would imagine, you know. So it's like it's pretty generic. Like if he was the most wanted man, it'd be one thing because, like, it'd be the most, right? Now it's just an adequate, you know, it's just a uh, – like an average amount of wants. Like he's a wanted man. Like, okay, well, he's wanted. Big fucking deal. I'm sure everybody wants to hire him and put him in the wrestling company, you know? Like, I feel like it'd be cooler if he was like the cool dude Nick Nemeth or something like that, right? The cool dude Nick Nemeth. Hell yeah. Uh, so the next match was Man Like Duress versus Chris Bay. Uh, I don't know much about these two guys. Man Like Duress, I think, is a UK wrestler. Uh, he raps. Oh, one, two, one. Oh, one, two, one. Oh, one, two, one. Uh, when I first heard of him, I think I'm a little bit dys- dyslexic. And I thought his name was uh, Dress Like Mandras. And I was like, why is he trying to tell people how to dress? But it's not. It's Man Like Duress, which I just, I, I okay, okay, <laughs> you know, whatever. And Chris Bay, a uh, member of the Bullet Club, that's cool, right? He's in a tag team with Ace Austin and Impact, or in TNA, through the tag team champions called ABC. I don't know what ABC stands for. It kind of baffles my mind because, like, I want to know uh, is it like something like a bullet club? You know, I, they never reference it. I wanted to know for a long time. I've gone a little Google search. I tried to figure it out, um, but I can never figure out what it is. I'm assuming ABC is like a bullet club and they're just like trying to just go around whatever copyright issues there are from New Japan. I don't know. I don't know. But this match was cool. These two both are really awesome. And, uh, Let's see what I wrote down here. Uh, Chris Bay with a two sweet love, and uh, Chris Bay picks up the win. I'm looking forward though to seeing Jerez in the uh, in the uh, in the Jersey J Cup next week. That's going to be super cool. Jersey J Cup. I'm I'm here for it. All right, let's take a quick pause for the cause again, if you will. The next match was Action Mike Jackson versus Kerry Morton. Action Mike Jackson came out first, and commentary told us that he is a 10-time U.S. Junior Heavyweight Champion. He's making his professional wrestling debut in California, and he's been a wrestler for 55 years. And that is 29 years longer than Kerry Morton has been alive in this world. Uh, but you know, you know Kerry Morton. He's Ricky Morton's son, second-generation superstar. So Kerry Morton has the tools that he needs to, to battle this much older gentleman, you know. Uh, Kerry Morton comes out, and he says, This place stinks. It smells like drugs in here. Are you guys smoking that cannabis? Now, I did not know that this was an interactive show. And I did not know that Kerry Morton could smell where I was watching it from. But uh, Kerry Morton, uh, the answer is no. We were definitely not smoking that cannabis. And it was a pretty good match, you know. Mike Jackson did his normal spot on the top rope where he walks the rope. Like, when I was first watching this, I was like, oh, man, this was walking the rope. He must have stole that from The Undertaker, right? But then I was like, well, he's been wrestling for 55 years. There's a high possibility that The Undertaker stole it from him like 30 years ago. It's true. It could happen. Plus, his is better. 
because he walks the entire length of the ring. He walks 100% of the ring. He walks all the way around. Undertaker does like just a couple steps, like three or four steps. So that's cool. Mike Jackson did all all four ropes, and then he goes down. Uh, Kerry Morton with a thumb to the eye, getting the getting the uh, the momentum back in his favor. Uh, he does a trick where he pulls his knee pad down, and then he runs and gets a knee full of turnbuckle. Knee full of turnbuckle. Now, Jordan Castle, if you're listening out there, my wife said that you said turnbuckle, but I, I tried to defend you, and I said, no, no, no. He said turnbuckle, but uh, according to my wife, uh, he got a knee full of turnbuckle on that one, so that was pretty cool. Uh, so, Kerry Morton, uh, let's see what happens. Uh, he gets... Uh, Action Mike Jackson gets him in the corner and he mounts him. He just climbs up to the middle turnbuckle and starts doing the 10 punch, you know, the, the 10 where everybody counts one, two, three, four. But then Kerry Morton picks him up and he walks to the middle of the ring, kind of like a powerbomb situation, only he lifted him. Speaking of the Undertaker, he lifted him and it looked more like a last ride. Um, but instead of, instead of the move, uh, Action Mike Jackson was able to reverse it. And so he kind of did like a sunset flip. That was pretty neat. Uh, let's see what else happened. Uh, he got a two count on the sunset flip and then Carrie Morton immediately rolls him up with his feet on the ropes and got the three count one, two, three. Carrie Morton gets the victory, but he steals one. You guys, he steals the victory. He blows a kiss to the audience and then he bids adieu and he goes away. So Kerry Morton is your winner in this match. He defeats Action Mike Jackson uh, with his feet firmly on the ropes. Uh, but if you don't like that, then he'll blow you a little kiss and shut the hell up, apparently, according to him. Uh, the next match was my boy Hammer, uh, Alexander Hammerstone, taking on the root of all evil, Charles Mason. You know, it's funny because I always like get his name confused with Charles Manson because it's so close, right? And the people like people be like, "Hey, who's wrestling?" I'd be like, "Oh, it's Charles Manson." They'd be like, "What?" And I go, "Oh, no, 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 Charles, Charles Mason, <laughs> Charles Mason." Uh, this, this story's been going on for a while. You know, Charles Mason uh, was feeding at first with Richard Holiday, and then uh, Charles Mason and Pero were kind of overwhelming Richard Holiday with the numbers, and they were just beating his ass whenever they had the opportunity to. And so Richard Holiday went to his past, and he and he called on an old friend. Alexander Hammerstone and he said he asked Hammerstone to watch his back and Hammerstone said yes I will watch your back and it was a good time for Hammerstone because he was kind of in a transition uh career wise he was just leaving MLW and now he's kind of like exploring other options so GCW is an option TNA is an option who knows where Hammerstone will eventually end up uh but he did come to Game Changer and he did help uh Richard Holiday only problem is that Richard Holiday decided to turn on Hammerstone. So Richard Holiday joined Charles Mason and he, he attacked Alexander Hammerstone. Okay, this is ridiculous. He attacked the guy that came in to watch his back. And, and okay, okay, okay. I know he's turned on Hammerstone before. I know my history. I know Major League Wrestling. And I know that he turned on Hammerstone before. Okay. So it's like, oh, Hammerstone, you should have kind of should have saw this coming. Uh, but anywho, anywho, uh, Richard Holiday is not here tonight, and it's Hammerstone versus Charles Mason in a one-on-one -on -one match. Uh, Hammerstone gets busted open pretty early 
on the ring post. And then Charles Mason uh, got a handful of Hammerstone's blood and wiped it all over his own face. So now Charles Mason is wearing Hammerstone's blood. And Jordan Castle, another Jordan Castle reference, says he gets off on it. And he probably does. Disgusting ass bastard. Hammerstone wins with the Nightmare Pentalum. And then Hammerstone, this is a pretty short match. Not much worth not much worth writing home about. Uh, you know, it was back and forth. Uh, but here comes the action part. Hammerstone grabs a microphone and he says, the reason why I'm fighting this little bitch tonight is because Richard Holiday is not here. Richard Holiday, you turned on Hammerstone for the last time. See, it's happened multiple times. Hammerstone needs to get his act together. He needs to figure out who his friends and who his enemies are because this guy has turned on Hammerstone for a second time and Hammerstone was there for it, you know? Uh, but he said he's going to he's gonna destroy Richard Holiday tomorrow night in Phoenix. And boom, what happens? Charles Mason with a chair. He takes out Hammerstone. He takes out his knee. He attacks Hammerstone's knee, and then he walks off. Mission accomplished, right? Hammerstone has to get helped to the back. He can't put any weight on it. His knee is shot. What's he going to do? He has a match tomorrow night. So uh, Hammerstone gets helped to the back. And I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens uh, come Phoenix, right? Uh, from here on, we go to highlights of Effie versus Mance Warner. They kind of want to re- remind you that this is going on and this exists and this is a thing. Uh, Mance Warner and Effie had a big brawl fight, a big, just a big, a big fight uh, last week, I guess the week before, at the end of January in Tampa. January 29th, is that right? In Tampa. And it was Effie against Mance Warner in the main event. It was wild. We talked about it a little bit on this podcast because uh, Pratik uh, went to the show. I think it was the day before the Rumble or something like that. But, yeah, Pratik went to the show. So we talked about it for a little bit on the on the podcast last week. So if you guys were there for that, check that out. Um, or if you weren't there, check it out. Uh, but it, otherwise, go to Fight Plus or Triller Plus or whatever the hell they're called now and look for Effie and Mance Warner. It was a good shit. It was a good match. Um there was a good match. Uh, they uh, they showed highlights of it here, though. There's highlights of it going on. So that's what happened. Uh, we're going to have to a trios match. Uh, coming up next, we have Starboy Charlie, Titus Alexander, and Bodie Young Prodigy, the West Coast Boys. And it's funny because they all three are like the big names in West Coast Pro. So that's cool. The West Coast Boys uh, taking on Los Desperados. Gringo Loco, Arez, and Latigo. This match was crazy. It was fun. It was high-flying. It was kind of everything you wanted it to be. Uh, there's a spot where Brody, young prodigy, BYP, uh, he's walking the ropes uh, with Gringo, with Gringo's arm twisted up. And the other two, uh, Latigo and um, Arez, they, they double super kick BYP's legs out from under him. And so he falls stomach first on the top rope and he gets hung up like that. He's just like just stuck there stomach first on the top rope just laying there. And then uh, Arez and Latigo grab the top rope and they like propel him up. They like bounce him up and he flies up in the air and Gringo Loco catches him into a sit down power bomb. That was an amazing spot. You guys, that was such a cool spot. Uh, let's see here. BYP with a with the sky twist press on all four on the outside, uh, double frog splash and stomp 
Frog Splash Double Stomp Combo uh, from from El Desperado. And uh, a double flapjack question mark. I put Gringo Moonsault and uh, Desperados get the get their arms raised in victory. So Los Desperados are your winners. Uh, that match was kind of crazy. I don't think I conveyed it very well. I don't think I, I uh, yeah, I don't think I wrote it down clearly enough. Anyway, uh, Bussy versus Masha and Rina Yamashita and Masha Slamovich. This match is crazy because Masha and Rina have just been on fire lately. They're two badasses, and they're here to show the world. They really are. Uh, so let's see what happened here. Effie and Masha kick things off, uh, but then when Alley Catch and Rena decided to get involved, uh, there was a face-off, you guys, and they started battling with their with their boobs. They were, like, hitting each other with their boobs back and forth, and then, of course, Alley Catch got the advantage on that one. And uh, let's see what else happened here. Effie and Allie had frequent tags. So they were, you know, being a really good tag team. They're tagging in and out pretty quickly, keeping the other team kind of disoriented a little bit. Uh, there was uh, Masha Samovich is such a force, man. She takes down Allie Catch at this point. Uh, there's this part where uh, she's in the corner. Allie Catch comes up and she's like, does a double. She pushes her with her feet. She just takes her out. Masha Samovich, you guys, amazing. She's such a badass. I love Masha Slamovich. Um, let's see here. There was a hot tag uh, from Effie who climbed up to the top rope, did a double blockbuster on Masha and Rena, and then uh, they went for the double two gay power trip, but no one was home. And Effie turned around and did a double sack rider uh, for a kick for a one two kick out. And then uh, they went for a doomsday device, but Masha Slamovich, she kicked Effie off the top rope and he went down to the floor. And then Masha and Rena uh, did some double team stuff on Allie for a little bit. Uh, Ma- Rena went to get Allie up for a, for a uh, splash mountain, which I'm assuming is like a razor's edge. But then Allie ended up getting down. She reversed it. And then she took out both Masha and Rena. And then, uh, she goes to the top rope. She grabs Masha. She superplexes her into the ring. And then Rena comes off the top rope, splashes Alley Catch. And then Rena gets up and she turns around and Effie spear. So all four are down. GC dub, GC dub, GC dub. This is a fight. This is a fucking fight. All four of these people now are just fighting. They're just brawling. They're just throwing down. All four of them are just throwing down at this point. Uh, Ali takes out Masha. Rena grabs Effie in a testicular claw. So basically, she has his hands, her hands, her hands. She's grabbing him by the nut area. I don't know. Testicular claw on Effie. And then Allie comes over and Rena gets the testicular claw on Allie. So now we have a double testicular claw. But then, but then Allie catch, she shoves Effie like out of the way, like get out of here because she's into it, right? So now she faces Rena and she goes in for the kiss. And then Rena's like, what are you doing? And then Allie kisses Rena and then backs her up into the corner, like, ooh, la, la, right? But then Allie ducks out of the way, and Effie comes in, boom, with the big boot, a haluva kick, Sami Zayn right there. So Effie comes in with Sami Zayn's move, haluva kick, 
takes out Rena. Uh, where did I, I lost my spot? Uh, she backs into the corner. Effie comes out with a haluva kick. Uh, they set up Rena. Power bomb, sack rider combo. That was amazing. So so basically, uh, Effie went to the top. Allie grabbed Rena in a power bomb position, and then as she came down with the power bomb, Effie came down with a sack rider. That was a really cool power bomb sack rider combo. Uh, let's see here. Where did I, I lost myself again? Um, Rena kicks out a two. Yeah, well, you know, Rena's pretty tough. Masha comes back in and takes out Allie. They hit a double power bomb on Effie. So Rena and Masha both power bomb Effie, and then Rena covers Effie, but then Alley Catch pushes Masha into the pin to break it up. So that pin has been broken up at two by uh, by Effie. I mean by Ali and uh, and Masha. Then Alley Catch rolled Effie into their corner and tagged him, which was funny. So now she's legal, right? So Ali takes out both women. She knocks Masha to the outside. She power drives Rena. But at this point, old Mancer hits the ring. Mance Warner. Mance Warner hits the ring. He starts attacking Alley Catch. He gets a few little stumps in on Rena. But for the most part, he's he's going for Alley Catch. He just beats her down. He beats her down to the mat. He pulls out a screwdriver. And it gets pretty bloody and brutal at this point. He just stabs her in the head and stabs her in the head and... He just stabs her in the head, and he just keeps stabbing her in the head. And she gets pretty bloody. Um, and then he he points at Rena, and he's going to go for her next. You don't go for Rena. I'm sorry, buddy. You know. Uh, so then Masha comes out of nowhere, and she gets in his face, and she's like, no, you don't fucking touch my friend. Right? I don't know what she said to him, but basically it's what she said to him. And then she's in his face, and he's like, I don't want none of you. And he's kind of like kind of backing up a little bit i don't know i don't want none of you masha because i mean why would he you know because it's masha slamovich right and so then uh it's a really cool shot because it's it's masha little ass masha i mean she's not little but she's kind of short compared to manser and then manser kind of like backing up with his hands up but then effie comes up from behind right so effie's behind manser but F- Mance doesn't see him so then effie taps Mance. He turns around and Effie just starts punching him, just punching him and punching him and punching him and punching him. Effie's just going off on Mancer. Effie's pissed. Effie grabs the screwdriver and it's at that point, Mance Warner bails and he leaves. He's out and he's walking away and Effie's yelling stuff to him. He's probably calling him bad word names. He's probably calling him names that you don't want to repeat. You know, he's probably calling him the worst names in the book. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Masha and Rena are checking on Allie and then they hug her and, and she hugs Effie. And it's a sad moment for everybody involved, except for Mance Warner, I guess, that son of a gun. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, that was a good match, uh, you know, until it had to get ruined. Uh, the referee kind of threw the match out. I don't believe there was a clear cut winner or loser in that match. I feel like uh, everything in GCW is at the referee's discretion. And I feel like at that point, the referee uh, the referee threw it out. All right. Are you ready for more trios action? Uh, this match is unadvertised, which are always fun, right? Because there's always going to be people and things and stuff that you weren't expecting. So that's cool. Uh, quick pause for the cause. So this is a trios match. Uh, the first team was Cole's team which consisted of team captain Cole Radrick along with 
Mr. Danger and Bobby Flacco, who I guess his gimmick is he's a dirt bike guy that high flies. And uh, I don't know. He's cool, though. I've, I've been checking out some Bobby Flacco lately. He's pretty cool. Uh, so so their opponents were uh, Los Macisos featuring Sandra Moon. So it was Sandra Moon, Miedo Extremo, and Ciclope. And uh, this match got off to a hot start, you guys. So as the second team is coming out, Los Macisos, uh, Sandra Moon's in the front. And, and she ducks in the aisle way. She ducks. And Mr. Danger comes flying out of the ring over her onto Los Macisos and just takes them both out. Boom, right? And then she gets up. She turns around. And then Bobby Orlando comes flying off the ring post. I just said Bobby. Bobby Orlando. Bobby Flacco. Bobby Flacco. Then Bobby Flacco comes and he flies off the ring post. Boom! And it takes them all out, including Sandra Moon. So that was pretty fucking epic. And then the bell rings. And I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go. Hell yeah, this match is going to be insane. It was a really good match. Uh, it was good to see Sandra Moon get some GCW love. You know, she's not, in my opinion, she's not featured in enough GCW matches. So let's get her. When we're in L.A., let's get her here, you know. Um, I was surprised and super happy about that. So that was really cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so at one point, uh, Mr. Danger did a 450 splash to Sandra Moon through a door, a door bridge that was set up. Uh, that was a super cool spot. I really liked that a lot. Uh, Cole Radrick sets up another door bridge, but this time he goes through it. Uh, what happens is the Mosisos place him on the table, and then they get Sandra Moon, and they super power bomb her through him, through the door. Epic. Oh, my gosh. It was so dope. Uh, Bobby Flacco, uh, he tries to superplex Mieto off the top rope, but Mieto reverses it into a blonde bombshell. Shades of Chris Candido, you guys. Shades of Chris Candido, the blonde bombshell, which is essentially a power bomb off the top rope, which, damn, you know? If Ron Simmons was here, he would say, damn, because... Ouch. Uh, so Los Macisos and Sandra Moon pick up the win at GCW The Coldest Winter 2. Hell yeah. Uh, next, we had Sue Young uh, making her GCW debut against Santana Jackson. This match was really good. And Sue Young, I love her character. I've always been saying for a while now that, that they should have brought her in uh, to, to consult for The Fiend. To make the fiend, because the fiend wasn't scary. He was a silly. I mean, I guess he's a children's character, so he's supposed to be scary, or, or, you know, silly, whatever. But this Sue Young man, she is legitimately frightening. Um, she's cool though. I really enjoy her. Uh, so she comes in. Uh, Santana Jackson comes in. Uh, they fight in the ring. They fight out of the ring. Uh, they get the action goes back into the ring. And at this point, uh, Sue Young uh, takes out her bloody glove and she puts it on. And then she puts the mandible claw onto uh, Santana Jackson. And then Santana Jackson is fading and he's going down. And then he drops to a knee. But then he takes out his glove, his white sequin glove, and he puts that on. And he puts the mandible claw on Sue Young. So now we, are, we have dueling mandible claws. 
that was epic. That was super epic. And then they finally break apart and they fall. They both fall down. And uh, 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 Santana Jackson takes his glove off or they zoom in on his glove and it's all bloody now because it was in her mouth and she's just like covered in blood because she's scary. Yeah, that was that was really fun and, and, and crazy. All right, so these two monsters meet back in the middle of the ring, and they just have a glove slap off, and they're just slapping each other back and forth with their gloves. Uh, she has a bloody glove, and he has a sequin glove, um, but they're both pretty bloody at this point, I guess, you know? Uh, so they have a glove slap off, uh, and then Santana goes down. Uh, so Young puts her glove back on. She slides, slam, sit out, power bombs. Uh, what's his face? So Young goes outside to get a chair, and then Santana gubs a chair, and now it's a dueling chair battle as they both are literally hitting each other at the same time with chairs. These two are just so fun. Uh, Sue Young sets up two chairs facing each other. After a back and forth, Sue puts Santana on top of the top rope and superplexes him onto the chairs kick out at two uh but santana does not look good after that uh sue young throws a chair at santana jackson uh knocks him to the outside then the music hit thriller and santana jackson is nowhere to be seen what happens uh you know what happens next a wolf werewolf comes off from under the ring Santana Jackson uh, comes out of the ring, pops out with his werewolf mask on, and Sue Young grabs him, immediately power drives him, rips off the mask, and it's not him. And then the music plays again, and Santana Jackson comes out from under the ring. This time he's in full thriller. He has the wolf head. He has a red jacket. He's good to go. Santana, Santana grabs him, throws him into the corner, beats him up, rips off his mask, and it's not, not him. She, sends, she gives a mandible claw and throws him to the outside as the music plays again. Another werewolf comes out. Uh, Sue Young takes him out immediately and rips off his mask. It's still not Santana Jackson. Th- applies the mandible claw, throws him to the side. The music plays for the fourth time. Now a super werewolf comes out. He's got this big werewolf head. He's got like a million teeth and he looks extra scary. And he comes out. He spears Sue Young. He does the moonwalk elbow drop. He covers her for a two. He picks her up. He hits the moonwalk DDT for the win. One, two, three. Santana Jackson, baby, picks up the win against Sue Young. Uh, it was a good match, though. It was a really good match. I feel like uh, go out of your way to see it if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen either of these two, um, they both have really good acts. You know, they're they're not traditional like wrestlers. Uh, they're very character based, both of them, and they're completely different. Sue Young is like an undead bride zombie. I don't even know. And Santana Jackson is like a Michael Jackson. So like, they're awesome. So if you do ever get the chance to see either of them or both of them together, check them out because uh, you'll 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 love it. You'll love their acts, both of them. They both do great great work. Uh, at this point, MLJ announced that tomorrow's show, uh, GCW Feel No Ways, uh, will be GCW's debut in the state of Arizona, which is pretty cool, I think. I've never been to Arizona. Also, get this, the next time GCW will be at the UCC, the Ukraine Cultural Center, uh, will be on April 
twentieth. They'll be on four twenty. And MLJ said that that is one of his favorite days. I wonder why. So the next match is our main event. It's crazy. It's crazy because I thought that going into the show that Nick Nemeth and and, and Matt Cardona were going to main event. They're the stars. They're former WWE guys. It's a big deal. You know, Nick Nemeth is one of his first matches since leaving the WWE. Like, I thought that was going to main event. But no, it did not. We got the main event of Blake Christian versus Dark Sheik for the GCW world title. And let me tell you, this match fucking ruled. This was such a good match. This match should have been invented. Like, I don't care about anybody else on the show. This match should have been invented because this match is incredible. So, like, Nick Nemeth, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, whatever, go on first, get your water, go back to your hotel, do your thing. But no, this is the true main event, and it's an incredible match. So here we are. Let me set the stage for you. Main event time as Dark Sheik challenges Blake Christian uh, with Shane Mercer. I wrote with Shane Mercer for the GCW World Championship. Sheik out first, looking flies only the Sheik can. I found out later on that Sheik's costume was Vertigo, and I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. I don't know who that is or what that is. Uh, but I always go to Dark Sheik's page, uh, Dark Sheik's Twitter page, and see who her, uh, who she says that her cosplays are. Because sometimes they're really, really good, and I just don't know who they are. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't know a lot. I don't know shit about shit. I only know wrestling, you guys. I'm sorry. I only know wrestling and stand-up comedy, kind of. All right. Uh, where was I? Dark Sheet came out looking all fly like only Dark, Dark Sheet can. Uh, Dave Prezak did mention that he hasn't seen Shane Mercer in the building all day. Uh, so we may have a fair fight tonight. But also, maybe not. Blake comes out solo. He has no Shane Mercer. He has no bodyguard. He has no nothing. All he has is a t-shirt that says, All the homies boo Blake Christian. I want that shirt. That's such a cool shirt. I love Blake Christian. I love Sheik too. This is such crazy. This is so crazy. This is like a dream match for me. Uh, Dark Sheik uh, coming out of Oakland, Iran. Got a lot of love uh, in LA uh, during the intro. Uh, LA also hates Blake uh, for for cause, for just cause, in my opinion. Because he's kind of a turd bucket, you know, that Blake Christian. He's kind of a turd bucket, you guys. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but he kind of is a turd bucket. Um, he's a turd bucket. Blake, if you're listening, you know you're a turd bucket, right? You know that. Okay. Uh, so so as as MLJ, I love this. As MLJ was introducing Blake, he had his back to the ring. Uh, he, was, he had his back to the ropes. He was on the apron, and he was like, Holding up his belt, right? Blake Christian. He's holding up his belt up. But Sheik is behind him and Sheik has a chair. And so when Blake turns around, Sheik saboos the chair right into Blake Christian's face and he goes down. I love the term sabooing something. Uh, when you when you saboo a chair. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna give Dave Prazak all the credit in the world for making sabu into an action. Like if I tell you 
Dark Sheik had a chair and she sabooed it into the face of Blake Christian. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, way to go, way to go, Dave Prezak. Way to go, Dave Prezak for that. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take a second here. I'm going to take a pause for the cause. I'm going to celebrate uh, not only Dark Sheik sabooing the chair in Blake Christian's face, but also uh, the credit that I just gave Dave Prezak, whether or not he deserves it, for coming up with the term sabooing something. All right, I'm going to tweet Dave Prezak, I think, and ask him if he made that up. Maybe I'll tell him to listen to this podcast. I'll be like, hey, Dave Prezak, I talked about you in this fucking podcast. It's like 30 fucking minutes into it, but just take a listen and see what he does. He might do it. All right, where am I? Blake holds up the title, and Mo says his name. He turns around, Sheik taboos a chair, uh, and Blake falls to the floor. Uh, Sheik dives out onto Blake. And starts pounding on him in the front row. Quickly rolls him back into the ring and goes to the top rope. Sheik is really trying to get a quick advantage early on in this match. Uh, Mizzle dropkick off the top rope, hits the mark. And Sheik powerbombs Blake Christian for a two count in the opening minute of this match. It's been exciting. Uh, They fight outside. Uh, Blake gets the advantage. He picks her up and he walks over to the stage. There's like a wood floor stage. And he body slams Dark Sheik onto the stage. And then he gets her in a Texas Cloverleaf. I don't know what's up with Blake Christian, man. He's really been into the Texas Cloverleaf lately. I feel like that's new to him. I think maybe he just learned it. Um, Let's see. Blake finally sends Sheik back into the ring. He sets up a door bridge on the outside. Uh, Sheik starts to come back. Uh, Blake cuts her off. Blake does a crazy elevated crab. Blake does a crazy elevated clover leaf through the ropes, through the turnbuckles. It's weird. I can't even explain it to you guys. Uh, Sheik comes back with some great offense, and then they go back and forth for a while. Blake goes for a handspring, but Sheik catches him with a German suplex. That was incredible. Uh, Sheik pulls out a door. Uh, Blake Tupe Supacita, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, Tupe Suicida uh, onto the, into the door and into Sheik. Sheik is busted open. Uh, Blake catches Sheik, jumps off of a chair, and spears her through a door in the corner. So this is back in the ring. So, so they're outside the ring. Sheik grabs a chair. Blake dives into the chair. Chair crashes into Sheik. Sheik gets back up bloody right they fight for a while they get back into the ring and at some point blake catches her on his shoulder and he there's a chair in the ring and he stepped on the chair and then he dove right through a door in the corner so he drove her right through the, he, he had her on his shoulders and he dove right through the door so now Sheik is down uh blake is kind of down uh everybody's kind of down right now so let's, let's see what happens uh let's see here uh, Blake with a clover leaf on the broken door. He just loves those clover leaves. Uh, Sheik does a top rope leg drop for a two count. Uh, Sheik goes up top again. Blake cuts her off and sends her flying through the door bridge that was on the outside that we forgot about. Uh, back in the ring, Blake 450, uh, but nobody's home. 
Sheik scores with a punch to the dick. Yes, I wrote that. Sheik scores with a punch to the dick and lays Blake across six chairs. So at this point, uh, Sheik has set up six chairs that are all facing each other, right? They're all front to front to front, and they're all like, like it's like a row of chairs. I don't know how to explain that. Uh, so, so she punches Blake. Okay, I'm gonna repeat. That's what I said. Uh, Sheik scores with a punch to the dick and lays Blake across six chairs that she had set up. Sheik goes outside, grabs a ladder from under the ring. Sheik sets the ladder up, climbs the ladder. And does a top rope, not really a top rope, top ladder guillotine leg drop onto Blake, onto the chairs. This was fucking epic, you guys. Okay, listen to this. Blake is laying across six chairs. Sheik sets up a ladder, climbs a fucking ladder, jumps off of it onto Blake with the leg drop. Like, fuck. Okay. Uh, she covers, but Blake gets his foot on the rope at two. Good ring awareness by Blake. Uh, Blake, uh, she gets Blake into a tombstone, but Blake counters it. Boom, tombstone. Uh, puts she so so. There's a chair. There's a chair that's like set up right, like for you to sit on it. And Blake puts Sheik into the onto the seat, but then pushes her head under the backrest. Does that make sense to you? So her head is in the chair, right? But the chair is set up. But her head is, she, her chest is on the seat of the chair and the, the backrest part is around her head. Does that make sense? So then Blake goes on the top rope and he does a double stomp onto Sheik from the top rope. And then he hits the, he hits the ropes, comes back, curb stomp, right? Sheik's still in the chair. So then Sheik slumps out of the chair and at this point she's dead. And he pins her one, two, three. And Blake retains the title. And it was a good win. It was a good match. Like, these two tore the house down. Like, they really did. It was a great, it was a fantastic match. And uh, Sheik didn't win, uh, but Blake is on a roll, man. Uh, before the match, I didn't mention this. Before the match, oh, you know what? This is the next show. Never mind. Uh, that's why I didn't mention it. I'm like, I didn't even see it in my notes. <laughs> it's the next match. It's the next show. Uh, but this is a good good show. Uh, Los Angeles got a great show. They got Nick Nemeth. They got Blake Christian. They got Dark Sheik. They got Sandra Moon. You know, they got all the bells and whistles. It was a fun time. I really enjoyed it. Uh, this was a show that pretty much ended at like 12, 1230, something like that. And I just like, I'm going to bed. I'm not used to being up that late. But it was a Friday night, so I was able to get away with it. Actually, it was a Saturday night. I'm making things up. Uh, but it was fun. It was cool. It was cool. All right, you guys. Uh, I'm going to take a quick little intermission. It won't be quick for you. I mean, it will be quick for you. It'll be even quicker for you. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, GCW Feel No Ways. All right. So round two of the GCW weekend is GCW Feel No Ways. Sunday, February 3rd, 2024, live from Phoenix, Arizona. In what earlier I had mentioned uh, is GCW's Arizona debut, which is pretty fucking cool if you ask me. I haven't, uh, I haven't made my Arizona debut yet, so so good for GCW. Uh, right off the bat, uh, the venue looks really nice. Uh, it's it's a it's a darker venue, which I kind of like. Uh, has strands of lights. 
that go across the top. They're really cool. Like, you know, it's almost like Christmas lights, but they're bulbs and they're just white. They're all just like white lights. And there's a bunch of strands of lights that just go across the top. And it's cool. It's not a very big venue, um, but it's nice. It's really nice. The ring looked patriotic because the ropes were red, red, white, and blue. Uh, so we kick things off with Masha Slamovich taking on the Denim Dragon, Charlie Starboy. Starboy Charlie, the Denim Dragon. Uh, this was a good match. Uh, Charlie did a, a cool running shooting star. Uh, Masha had a camel clutch variation. They called it a Sabu variation camel clutch on commentary. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Masha dominated a lot of this match. Uh, she was stomping and stomping and stomping on Starboy. And then he uh, just reaches up and flips her off. Now, what happened was uh, he flipped her off and she got really upset and fired up. But it kind of threw her off her game. So he was able to kind of come back a little bit. So Starboy Charlie uh, threw Masha off her game. And then he did a comeback. And he started going after her. Uh, but at some point, she did a really cool deadlift powerbomb on Charlie uh, for a two. And then she did an air raid crash into the corner for a two. Uh, Starboy rolls her up. Uh, but Masha, uh, in the roll-up, catches him in her sleeper hold and so charlie was fading and fading and fading and then he starts firing up and getting up and, and feeding off the crowd and standing up and he pulls her up and then he flips her off of him and uh he pulls his straps down that means he means business when when you if you're watching wrestling and you see the straps come down that means that that person means business so now Starboy charlie means fucking business uh, let's see what happens. Masha goes for a tombstone. Charlie reverses it and hits a tombstone for a two count. Uh, fade to black kick. I don't know how I call it that. Masha, like, it looked like Alistair Black's kick, the fade to black. Masha just kicks him in the head and he goes down. And then she picked him up for the white knight driver. And she picked up the win. One, two, three. Here is your winner. Masha motherfucking Slamovich. Like, Starboy Charlie is cool. You know, he's growing up. We see him grow up a little bit. He's a, he's a star man now, if you will. Uh, but Masha is a former GCW world champion. And she's on a mission to climb that mountain again. So she's going to take on anybody that gets in her way. Whether it's Starboy Charlie, whether it's Effie and Allie. No matter who it is, uh, Masha's on a mission to get back on the top of that mountain. Uh, for this next match, Nick Gage comes on commentary, which is pretty cool. I kind of like it when Nick Gage... He's on commentary. He's, he's kind of fun. Uh, Fiogo Del Sol and Sam Stackhouse are going to take on Chris Bay and Man Like Dress. Uh, it was funny. In the first part of this match, Nick Gage kept going back to the fact that these guys wrestled, uh, Bay and Dress, that they wrestled each other the day before. And he kept he just couldn't get past. He's like, yeah, if I wrestled a guy and then I had a team with the next day, I'd probably just beat him up. I'd probably just be fighting him, you know? Um, it was funny. It was funny because Nick Gage is old school. He's a fighter. He'll fight anybody and everybody. And, you know, uh, he just wants to fight and he has no allies. I mean, I guess he does have some allies, but like he doesn't understand the concept of like, you know, being enemies one night and being tag partners the other night. And it was funny. It was good. It was awesome. And they explained it to him and he was like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, whatever. You know, he kind of, he kind of got it, but it was funny. Okay. Moving on. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Oh, they were doing uh for 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 uh Chris Bay and Duress, they were chanting one two sweet, one two sweet because uh uh his is one two one oh and his is too sweet. So that was fun. They were kind of combining the never mind. Uh Fiogo tries to tell Duress that Bay doesn't like him. He is he's like, he doesn't like you, he doesn't want to tag with you. He already has a partner. He already has a partner. You're not him. And then uh, he's trying to play mind games a little bit. Get in the head of man like Duress. So he tried to convince Duress that uh, Chris Bay didn't like him. Uh, didn't really work out too well, though. Uh, at some point, Sam Stackhouse tags in. And then Chris Bay blind tags. And Duress did not like that. Duress is like, what are you doing? Uh, Chris Bay looked at Sam Stackhouse and tagged Duress right back in. Uh, Dress tries to body slam Stackhouse, uh, but it, of no avail. And then Sam tags Fiogo, Fuego. Uh, they do a whisper in the wind. So Sam Stackhouse tags Fuego. I can't even say his name. Fuego in, and he gets down on on you know his hands and his knees. And then Fuego runs across the ring, springboard you know jumps off of his back and does the the corner splash right like Jeff Hardy. They did that. And then they switched. And then Fiogo got down on his hands and knees. And Sam Stackhouse was about to run and jump on his back. And I don't know if y'all ever seen Sam Stackhouse, but that is one big boy. Sam Stackhouse is literal. <laughs> He's a big boy. And uh, lucky for Chris Bay, I mean, lucky for Lucky, lucky for Chris Bay. Lucky for Fuego del Sol, uh, Chris Bay uh, cut him off. He cut Sam Stackhouse off. So Sam Stackhouse was not able to complete that maneuver. Uh, and uh, Fuego, uh, whatever, never mind. Okay. Um, uh, Chris Bay drop kicks him before he can do it. I just said that. Uh, Fuego del Sol jumps off the top rope and he moons. Oh, this was a really cool move. So Sam Stackhouse was standing on the apron on the outside of the ropes and Fuego jumped off the top rope and then he turned and he jumped off of Sam Stackhouse's shoulders and he did a moonsault onto uh, Chris Bay and Duress on the outside. That was a really cool spot. Uh, let's see. Back in the ring, Stackhouse goes for a moonsault, but Chris Bay stops him. Uh, Fuego del Sol jumps up and he grabs Duress into a Huracurana. Sam Stackhouse catches and hits a sit-out power driver. So, okay, what happens is Duress is on the top rope. Uh, Fuego jumps up. He shoots him off with a Huracurana, right? But he, he throws him. And then Sam Stackhouse catches him and he power bombs him. Like, that was a cool spot, too. I'm sorry, I'm just reading my shorthand, and I'm just translating it for you guys. Uh, Bay breaks up the pinfall, though, in that situation. Uh, it took five attempts. Uh, he tried a second time. He tried a third time. He tried a fourth time. The fifth time. Fifth time. Fifth time. Finally, uh, man like Dress was able to body slam the big man, Sam Stackhouse, and that, oh my gosh, it was such a build, and it got such a pop once it happened. Like, the crowd was with it, and the crowd exploded once he finally slammed him. That was good. That was good stuff. They really built that one up good. Uh, the place went absolutely nuts. Uh, Chris Bay takes out Fiego Del Sol, 
and uh, Dress hits a 450 on Sam Stackhouse and picks up the win. One, two, three. MDK all fucking day. Thank you, Nick. Kick it back to Jordan Castle. Uh, the next match is going to be BYP, Brody Young Prodigy versus the old Mancer, Mance Warner. On the way to the ring, uh, Mance gets in some fan's face. This is like a big-ass dude, too. This dude's bigger than Mance. But, like, he's in his face, and, like, they're going to fight. Like, it's getting pretty intense. And then Mance turns around, and he gets a fucking door. And then he comes back to the fan. Like, I'm about to hit you with this door. But then security got between them, so they kind of had to break it up. But that was wild. Fucking Mance, dude. Uh, Mance Warner, yeah, he grabs a door. Officials broke it up. Mancer gets in the ring. Uh, Brody Young Prodigy, uh, they were talking on commentary. I think Jordan Castle was saying that that in this match specifically, uh, BYP wants to uh, show the naysayers, if you will. Brody Young Prodigy has something to prove tonight because he's going up against a big boy like uh, like Mance Warner. Uh, in fact, he said that BYP was looking to have his one, two, three kid moments. I wrote that down, Jordan Castle, because I really like that quote. Uh, knee pad up, knee pad down, knee to the face. Uh, Mans takes out BYP. Pretty quick match. Max Mans just like destroyed him. Uh, at this point, I mean, this was over, right? One, two. Mans pulls him up by the hair. Uh, Mans goes outside to the ring. Under the ring, he grabs a cowbell and a bull rope. And he comes back in, and he starts whipping him, and 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 he's whipping him with the with the bull rope, and he's whipping him with the cowbell, and there's on commentary, and they're saying that Mance Warner is sending a message, not just to Effie, not just to Allie, but to everybody. I forgot what they said, but he's sending a message to everybody out there, and some other bullshit. Um, what happens? Uh, he starts, he's after he whips him, uh, he starts choking him with the bull rope. Uh, the referee calls for the bell. Um, and then Mance starts hanging BYP over the top rope with the rope, with the bull rope. And then Alley Catch comes out for the save. Then he starts whipping Alley Catch and choking her with the rope. And now she's down. And then Manders, one called Manders, his best friend from the second gear crew, Manders comes out and Manders stops him. Manders like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Stop doing this. You can't be lighting people on fire. You can't be hitting people with a screwdriver. You can't be hanging. Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? And Mance Warner's like, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, whatever. And then, uh, you know, they got Alley Catch out of there. And then, you know, Manders goes and checks on her. And she's walking away. He turns around. Mance is there. And they hug each other. And, and it really looks like it really looks like they're going to work things out. And everything's going to be okay. But Mance Warner pulls his screwdriver out of nowhere. And he stabs. And I repeat, he stabs Manders in the head multiple times and he just bloodies them up and he just it gets i said this earlier about alley catching and, and manser i'm gonna say this again it gets pretty violent pretty bloody pretty gruesome uh man's wonder takes out his best friend one called manders one called manders you guys 
<sighs> Matt Cardona's music hits uh, as Matt as Mansur walks away. Matt Cardona comes out, uh, the internet champion, alongside Steph Delanda, the women's internet champion, and Broski Jimmy Lloyd, the Broski internet champion. Uh, Matt Cardona grabs the mic and he says, Phoenix fucking sucks. And he just wants to say that he doesn't blame Steph Delander or the beer bottle for his loss to Nick Nemeth. He blames Jimmy Lloyd because where the fuck were you? If you fuck up tonight, Jimmy, I'm stripping you of your title, he says. Hell yeah. Uh, so now we have ourselves a, a, another trios match. A trios match. We have uh, the Deathmatch Royalty, Matt Cardona, Steph Delanda, and Broski Jimmy. And they're taking on uh, SG Thrunt. I don't know. Uh, they're taking on Alley Catch. Who just got beat up a little bit, but she's doing okay. Uh, Dark Sheik and uh, one called Manders, who is got stabbed in the head. So I don't know how he's going to be doing, but I do know that Manders, some way, some reason, somehow, uh, is filling in for Violent J uh, because Violent J was originally Violent J of Insane Clown Posse was originally scheduled, advertised. To be in this match, and it was uh, Insane Clown Thrussy, Violent J, Alley Catch, and Dark Sheik. Uh, but instead, it is One Called Manders, Alley Catch, and Dark Sheik. Maybe that's better. Maybe that's for the best. I don't know. Uh, Violent J was there. You know, he says he his heart thing, right? I don't know. I read he has a heart condition. So maybe he shouldn't be wrestling. You know, he had a match at, at WrestleCade. That was fun. That was cute. Maybe he shouldn't be doing that very often. You know, maybe it's better. Maybe it's better that that Violent J wasn't there. I'll tell you this. Uh, my first experience of ICP was in the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. Over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. That's right. When ICP was in the WWF, uh, they were part of the oddities. I did not like them. They were annoying. Uh, they, they were dumb. They did not know how to wrestle, but they acted like they did. And, uh, they did what I called made a mockery of professional wrestling. I was in high school. What did I know? You know? And then they show up in WCW. There was Vampiro in the dark circus or whatever they called it. And they were annoying and they were dumb and they couldn't wrestle even more. But they wrestled more, <laughs> and I and I and I said again, uh, they make a mockery of our business, right? Then you know you fast forward some years later, um, I started kind of getting into the JCW stuff, the championship wrestling. It was funny, like you know I didn't like funny shit then. I guess I used to like my wrestling to be serious. You know, but I started getting into the funny shit a little bit, you know, like championship wrestling, Juggalos championship wrestling. Uh, they did their little DVDs and stuff. I used to have them. I think I just sold one on eBay, but I still have a few more. Um, 
They did, uh, they did, uh, like, 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 for example, they had a guy named Fat Fuck Barrel Boy. Like, that's funny, right? He had a, he's a, a naked guy in a barrel. And he's some fat dude. I don't know. And then, uh, they called the Rock and Roll Express the American Express. And they called the Raven Maven <laughs> because, uh, in the very first original DVDs of, of JCW, because JCW started off as like a mockery of wrestling, like a joke. You know, and they were putting on these shows, uh, but they were a joke. I don't know what the fuck. And uh, Shaggy and Jay were on commentary, but they had fake names. And uh, they would get everybody's name wrong. Like they called Raven Maven. They called King Kong Bundy uh, Ding Dong Crunchy. And it was fun. It was funny. I really enjoyed it. My buddy Will, who passed away, uh, he used to watch it with me and he enjoyed it. And he would just text me every now and then go, Ding Dong Crunchy, you know. Because, uh, yeah, it was good shit. That's good shit, pal. Hell yeah, it is. All right. Uh, so, Violent J wasn't here. Uh, but we still had ourselves a trios match. Uh, so, what happens here? Let's see. Uh, there is a... Uh, there was an interesting part where there was kind of a fuck you showdown uh, between uh, Steph Delanda and Dark Sheik. Um, it was cool because uh, they were flipping each other off and saying fuck you to each other. And then Matt Cardona came in with a baseball slide and accidentally hit Steph DeLander or something like that. I don't remember exactly what happened. Uh, Sheik did a dope spear to Jimmy Lloyd on the apron. There was a hot tag to Alley Catch. She took everybody out. Um, and then Manders was just throwing those lariats, throwing lariats around. Uh, he accidentally lariat the referee and he took the referee out. Um, at this point, uh, it was, it was meant for Matt Cardona, the lariat that took out the referee and then Matt Cardona hits radio silence and then alley catch pile drives, Matt Cardona. She makes the cover, but there's no ref. Okay. Um, oh, you guys, I did a huge spoiler. Did I, um, I did a huge spoiler. You guys. So what happens? So he didn't stab Manders in the head yet. I just said that prematurely. Manders is uh, in this match, and uh, he he attacked Alley Catch, and the referees got him to go away. Is what happened. Actually, I apologize. And then Sheik and Manders came out, and then we had the six person tag, right? And then some stuff happens. The referee goes down. Alley Catch power drivers Matt Cardona and that's where we are now and she goes for the cover there's no referee there's no count Mance Warner comes out attacks Alley Catch and this is when Manders has that conversation with him about attacking his friends and attacking people and don't do that bullshit and then he stabs Manders in the head it was at this point um so I said that early to you I'm sorry I'm sorry you guys uh but it got pretty vicious and bloody and violent um Next match is Microman versus Mini, uh, Bismo Negro. Uh, this is cool, I guess. Uh, Abismo Negro was just taller than the, the top rope. Microman is just taller than the middle rope. Um, Abismo Negro was like way bigger than him, and he was able to just slam him and throw him around and just slam him and throw him. And it was wild. It's a wild match. Uh, Microman uh, gets his comeback, and he takes the win. Short review for a short match for short people. All right. Uh, Kerry Morton versus Cole Radrick comes out. Uh, both these guys are going to be in the Jersey J Cup, which is super cool. Uh, Kerry tells the fans to respect him because he's the next winner of the Jersey J Cup. And do not tell him to shut up. 
but they do. They tell him to shut up repeatedly. I uh, didn't put much down about this match, uh, but Cole Ratty Daddy uh, gets the win. Cole Radrick gets the win. Sorry, you guys. I was like really tired at this point. It's Sunday night. Uh, Los Macisos and Rina, Rina Yamashita uh, versus El Desperados. Uh, we had a, uh, a pretty cool trios match here. Uh, instead of Sandra Moon, it was Rina with Macisos taking on the El Desperado guys. Uh, there was a point where we had a, a triple testicular claw. Now, now what you're thinking, I explained to you earlier in this podcast what a testicular claw is, right? It's where she grips her hands and she grabs somewhere in the crotchular area and she squeezes it, right? And it hurts. And that's why it's a claw. And it's, it's testicular because she's grabbing your testicular area and squeezing it and it hurts. Now, she did a triple one. How, you're asking? The third one was with her mouth, okay? She did the third one with her fucking mouth. And, oh my gosh, this was crazy. She did a triple testicular claw. That's the only thing I wrote down. Uh, Rina does a dive off the top rope and brings down... Oh, yeah, so she. So this is pretty much the end of the match. Um, she goes to the top rope. There's a couple times where she dove and the commentator was kind of cocky. They're like, yeah, yeah, she's a professional. These guys are professionals. They're not going to hit these lights. They're not going to hit these lights. They're professionals. And then Rina goes up for the game-winning home run. And what does she do? She brings down one of the strings of lights, which is cool. It was funny. And they got rid of it. But one, two, three... Uh, Rina and Los Macisos pick up the win. Uh, the next match was Brittany Brooks. Brittany Brooks making her GCW debut. Brittany Brooks is awesome, you guys. I don't know if you guys have seen her or not. Uh, she's doing some cool indie work. Uh, she's young. She just turned 19. She was a professional wrestler at 18. Uh, I remember uh, one of the first times I saw her on on like on Twitter online. Uh, she was wrestling in a in a Pizza Hut parking lot. And I thought that was cool. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, interesting. I've never seen people wrestle in a pizza parking lot before. So that was that kind of like, she stuck out of my mind, I think, at that point. And then recently, uh, I saw her go on to win uh, the, the Dreamwave Women's World Championship. She became the inaugural Dreamwave Women's World Champion. And she's currently still uh, the, the Dreamwave Champion women's world champion so that's kind of neat you know uh yeah so i don't know uh it was it was a crazy match uh i haven't seen much of jamie singal uh i haven't really seen much of britney brooks i've seen like you know a handful of matches britney brooks is cool um jamie singal uh dominated about 95 percent of this match it was mostly jamie it was mostly Jamie. It was, you know, Brittany's the hometown girl. So, like, you got to let her get the fiery comeback, you know. Uh, but it basically seemed like uh, Jamie dominated and then Brittany hit her finisher and got the win. One, two, three. Brittany Brooks. It's Brittany, bitch. All right. Moving on. Uh, they showed a cool video of all the uh, different people. Uh, that Blake Christian defeated uh, in his title reign so far. A list of each show and each name next to it. I thought that was pretty rad. And then uh, we got a world championship match. Uh, Blake Christian taking on uh, Jack Cartwheel, which is neat. I like Jack Cartwheel a lot. He's out of Sacramento, California, which is close to my heart because it's close to my home. You know, 
I live about an hour and 15 minutes from Sacramento, California. So Jack Cartwheel is a hometown boy to me. So as the match starts, uh, Blake rubs the title on his crotch. Uh, Blake acts like he's going to cartwheel, but he only flips Jack off. That's right. I said Jack off. Uh, you can't do it. The fans are chanting, you can't do it. You can't do it. But I saw one of the greatest spots I've ever seen in my life. Blake had Jack cartwheel in a waist lock. And Jack Cartwheel, if you guys are not familiar with Jack Cartwheel, he has cartwheel-based offense. He also has cartwheel-based defense and cartwheel-based taunts. However, in this case, uh, in a waist lock, he was using his cartwheel-based defense, right? Because what he does is he'll cartwheel out of a hold. Because people can't really hold on to you if you're cartwheeling away. But this is Blake Christian. So Jack Cartwheel did a cartwheel and Blake Christian cartwheeled with him. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? Sure, a cartwheel, that's not a big deal. Blake never let the waist lock go. So Blake's hands are around Jack Cartwheel's waist and he's cartwheeling with him. He did it about four times, and then Blake had to let go. But then Jack Cartwheel did it about four more times to get away. It was a good spot. It was really cool. Um, I think if you guys don't have Fight Plus or whatever, and you don't have the opportunity to see this match, I would I would recommend just Googling a Jack Cartwheel match. Go on YouTube and just type in Jack Cartwheel because he's pretty fucking amazing. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay, so yeah. Uh, Blake Christian gets the win and Blake Christian is still your reigning and defending uh, GCW world champion. Hell yeah. Good for him. Our main event came with Alexander Hammerstone uh, taking on his nemesis, uh, Richard Holiday. Now, I don't really remember how this match went down. Uh, it was kind of a slow match. I feel like Richard Holiday dominated most of this match. And then every time Hammerstone, because Hammerstone came out and his knee was bandaged up. Because remember earlier, I mentioned that he got his knee attacked the day before by Charles Manson or Mason or whatever the fuck his name is. And um, and uh, and so his knee was taped up. So like whenever he started getting a comeback, uh, Richard Holiday would just go for his knee and it would just it would just take him out. And he hit his finisher at one point. But he was just in such a bad place that he couldn't make the cover. And it just, I don't know, man. It just, Richard Holiday got the win. You know, it happens. Um, Hammerstone's my boy, my boy Hammer. Uh, I was there to watch him. I was there to cheer him on. And he didn't come out with the win that night. But you know what? That's okay. Because like I said, Hammerstone is in a career transitional place right now. So wherever he ends up, it's not going to be Richard Holiday. Richard Holiday is just a blimp on the radar. Hammerstone has the world ahead of him. And this time next year, Richard Holiday, he won't even be answering Richard Holiday's phone calls because he'll be such a big fucking star. You know what I mean? He'll be winning the Royal Rumble. He'll be headlining WrestleMania. He'll be Intercontinental Champion. He'll be NXT Champion. And Richard Holiday will call him. And guess what? He won't fucking answer his phone. You know why? Because he'll be a too big of a star. 
That's why. I'm just kidding. They're friends in real life. Hey, you guys. Uh, that was my review of the GCW weekend shows. Uh, GCW, The Coldest Winter 2 in L.A. on Saturday, February 3rd. And GCW, Feel No Ways uh, in Phoenix on Sunday, February 4th. They're really fun shows. I'm going to try to do this more often. Uh, what I really want to do, uh, what I really want to do, I'm, I'm practicing with, on you guys right now. Uh, what I really want to do is a show for The Collective. I want to do, because GCW does a collective where it's going to be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And it's like four or five shows a day. And it's craziness. And it's going to be the best shows around the world. It's WrestleMania weekend. So uh, what I'm going to try to do, no promises, because it's going to be a lot of work, is do one show uh, for every, like me do one show for every day of the collective and just recap everything. We'll see. We'll see, because it's going to be from the early morning all the way until the break of dawn. Um, just nonstop wrestling. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be real. It's going to be real fun. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Uh, check out more stuff on hypotheticalcomedy.com. We got archives. Uh, Xavier's got cool stuff. Pratika's got cool stuff. Go check out those dudes. Go support them. Uh, go check them out. Check out more of our podcasts. Check out all the fun stuff. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, yeah, peace out.